All right. Well, welcome everyone. I'm Alejandro Ferrero, the Google DSC lead at Politecnico de Milano, and this is uh, DSC Talks. Today, we have the pleasure of uh, having Andy Boyan from Chainlink Labs. He did a fantastic event along with uh, Patrick Collins about blockchain and Chainlink. So, Andy, welcome. Thank you for joining Thanks. us. Thanks for having me, guys. It's great to be here. That's uh, that's awesome for us. It's uh, incredible that uh, you wanted to join and you know, like you, you want to share some of your uh, personal experiences and more knowledge about not, uh, blockchain. So let me get started with a few interesting questions because it uh, kind of like hit us um, hard when we saw that you were so young that you had been working as a professor that you have a PhD now you're you're in blockchain. So uh, the question would be, at what point? Do you decide to transition from teaching into the blockchain industry? And uh, in that decision, yeah. how do you decide to go for, for Chainlink? Why Chainlink? Um, well, so I'll take you through a little bit of my journey. Um, I, I always went to school because they never kicked me out. Like I just kept going. Uh, so I finished my undergrad and they let me into master's. And then I saw something interesting at a, a great school um, to keep studying. And so they let me into a PhD program. And then I got a tenure track job. And uh, and I so I kept going. And then I became chair of a department. Like you, you just, I just kept going. It was something that was just a natural fit. Um, I, I really enjoyed teaching and uh, connecting with students and bringing about new ideas. And uh, so, so my area of interest was, I'm not a computer scientist, I'm not a mathematician, I'm a social scientist. So uh, I was a media professor and really what I studied, I wanted to study video games. I just was a video game player back in the day. Um, and so I, I went to school to study video games and I did. I, we published um, video game effects research and sort of uh, innovations research and, and how does society adopt new technology? And you guys might be familiar with like video game research. It always pops up once every five years of like, are violent video games causing violence in society? Yeah, and so, the so usual. Like that, the, yeah, the usual, right? And, <laughs> uh, and you know, the real answer, you know, I've, I've done the research. I read all, I, I, the research up till when I left academia, at least, is it's complicated. Sometimes it does, actually. And sometimes it doesn't. And most times it doesn't is, is the answer. But it's complicated is the answer. So it like led into this larger question about... Um, you know, what are technological innovations and what are their impacts on society and individuals? And like, how do people deal with that? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, you know, when I was teaching, I, I would focus a lot on like, identify a new technology and just figure out like, what are the mechanics of it? What is it supposed to do? What are its impacts on you or on an audience? So as opposed to like a technologist who might say like, how is it built? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what sort of code infrastructure do you need? What sort of stack do you need to make this work in a certain way? Or what are the security implications? Uh, we, I would go and look at the social implications. So right. I, I was around when Twitter first came out and we would look at it as a class and be like, why does this work? Why is this interesting? How do you get it to do what it does? And, and why is it um, making an impact in the world? Um, and, and there's some features, there's like specific features of Twitter in particular, like tagging and ads. Um, or, or actually, there's one that nobody talks about, but on Twitter, you can follow people and they uh, don't have to follow you back. It's so like if you compare to Facebook, like you're connected to people or LinkedIn, you're connected to people. You can follow people on LinkedIn now, but back in the day, you couldn't. And so that was like a new feature where you, it could be like a broadcast model, which really changed the game um, at the time. So anyways, that, that's a little background of like where my thinking comes from. 
Um, and once I started just looking at Ethereum, Bitcoin, I, I wanted to just figure it out. Nobody I knew knew about it. So I was like, all right. This is in 2017. It was right before the 2017 uh, bubble. Um, so I kind of just lucked out a little bit. But, you know, once you kind of figure out smart contracts, oh, they're like secure, trustless logic loops. You can do an if-then statement and nobody has to execute it. It'll auto-execute and you know it will do so securely. Like that, thinking about what impact that might have on society was really exciting and super compelling. Then you start seeing the, the dApps that people are creating and sort of the value that people were creating with this. And as a professor looking at this professionally and academically, like how do you make technology work for society and people? It just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like this is it, like this is, this is, uh, there's so much you can do with this that I can't miss this. Um, and, uh, and so I had an opportunity, a former student um, offered me a job in FinTech. And so I had an opportunity to go somewhere with a, uh, a job and a paycheck to really start digging in uh, and I did. So you know that. Um, so so that's kind of how I got into the space is uh, really learning what can you do and learning what are the projects and, and what is happening. And that's not from a technical understanding. That's like a really straightforward thing. So I know a lot of your um, club members are not technologists. They don't code necessarily, but they're still excited about the prospect of technology. Uh, there's still a ton to be done there. You don't need to, to get into the code. Um, it's still very early. So then your, your follow-up question is why Chainlink? Well, after uh, you know a couple of years um, working in the space for, in various ways, I, I did writing, I did some marketing, um, I did some research and like uh, public sector business development for FinTech. Uh, I, I literally saw the CMO of Chainlink Labs or head of marketing, I can't remember her title exactly at the time. And, uh, and she said, we're hiring for writers. And so I reached out right there and I just messaged her and said, hi, I'm a writer, I wanna work for you. Because Chainlink is, it is and was a top project. It's used yeah. by a ton of the space. And, and that's what got me excited is like, with, with, if things are actually being used by people and it's driving value and that use is adoption, then that's where the change comes from. And so the opportunity to be part of that, it was kind of a no brainer um, uh, for me and, and for, uh, trying to accelerate chain link yeah. a little bit more. I mean, it, it makes sense. All the things that you mentioned about uh, blockchain, chain link, I feel like those are the things that resonate with most of the people that uh, get you know, excited about this whole industry. Maybe they don't really understand the fundamentals or the very technical parts of it, but they, they know this is something big, so they just want to jump. And, and sometimes they, they, they just think they've missed on the first opportunity, as we all know, like 2017, but this comes from a long, long time ago. So there's still plenty of time ahead and you are just a living proof of that. You jumped in in 2017 now with Chainlink doing all this stuff. So that's great to hear. Everybody misses an opportunity. That That's right. You can't catch everything. You cannot. I'm in <laughs> space. I'm as deep in the space as you can get. And I see amazing stuff pop up that has yes crazy value potential and i just like say to myself i can't learn another thing right now like okay i'm gonna miss that one and and that is hard and then you you know you see the price go crazy and you see mass adoption and you say good for them but i'm doing my thing and i'm doing it for a good reason um, right because there's there's so much opportunity right now you know so so if i if, if we have video game players video game players are like prime 
for learning this kind of stuff. You don't have to be a coder, but if you're a video game player, like if you play fighting games, you know about a hitbox. Is this yeah. too technical? Can I get in this? Mario definitely knows about that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, so you got a hitbox, and your casual gamer knows nothing about a hitbox, but you're like, you know, you you game it a little bit. Yeah. You got to get to a certain range. You got to know your distance. You got to understand how the technology works with the actual outcome and the interactions. Absolutely. That's yeah. like a perfect example of what's going on in crypto and DeFi right now. We just need people to go in and understand where the hitboxes are. And that is like understanding what does a browser wallet do? How do you mm -hmm. switch from a mainnet network to a testnet network? How do you, you know, find something on Etherscan? Some of these like pretty basic things in the space it goes from zero to a thousand real fast in terms yeah. of difficulty if you have no experience. So, so the only way to do it is you got to get it in there and you got to fight, right? You got to test it out. You got to you got to play with the stuff. And if you can figure out what some of those elements are, like MetaMask, Google mm -hmm. it, EtherScan, yeah. Google, Google it. it, like some of these basic <laughs> things. It's it's all based um, on like at the beginning, so it's more like a trial and error thing. You know, you have to get into it and try it, and then if you can't, like you may try again another time, but. That's the only it, way it, you can actually understand the basics. So basically, it, it's really um, exciting to know that all this stuff, it's kind of at the beginning. But what is more exciting is to see like sort of what is headed. And just going back to uh, your the previous question, but just trying to uh, to get even more, you know, like understand better your role at Chainlink. How has your background um, in social science and as a professor helped you in your current role at um, Chainlink? Like, what's what do you think are your biggest strengths uh, in, at Chainlink? So I at, at Chainlink Labs, I am a researcher and a writer. And so my main job is I um, when projects will want to integrate with us, we need to understand how do they want to integrate that? What is the use case value? Uh, how, how does that work? So uh, EtherCards just announced that they integrated with us. And EtherCards is this NFT platform. You can mint your own NFTs. Oh, NFTs. Right. Yeah. That's hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hot topic. And, and, and they want to use Chainlink for something. What is it? So it's my job to help understand what that is and help explain what that is and um, to make sure that those uh, interconnections are straightforward. And, and so, so I can say without uh, it being too mysterious, we have a random number generator. It's okay. a secure random number generator, provably secure randomness. Um, and EtherCards uses the um, this it's called Chainlink VRF to uh, uh, determine the attributes of their NFTs. So there's different levels of rarity in their NFTs. Okay, right. And yeah. Got a dynamic rarity. So they yeah. use VRF, true, provably secure randomness. So mm -hmm. they can't game the system. Developers can't game the system. You open a pack, you get a random selection with a given probability. Um, and so that, that's why they're using Chainlink. Um, so in terms of my background in education, it's like, can you figure out how something works accurately? And, and I know I'm like coming in as a former professor and talking at these very basic levels, but I, that's really what it is. Can you figure out how a thing works? Mm -hmm. um, so what's another good example? Yeah, Uniswap. Uniswap is an extremely common DeFi uh, application. It's where you can swap one asset for another. Can you figure out how Uniswap works? And there's like basic and advanced levels. And can you, you engineers know this, can you Google your problem and figure yes. out the right words to use to, to Google your problem and, and yeah. get the answer and, and figure it out? So, so those are the core skills you need uh, that I needed um, is 
it, it's really just like, how do you approach a problem where somebody might not have the answer readily av available and like figure out and play with it and not ruin yourself and, you know, and, and, and do well. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't know where we'd all will be if we didn't have uh, Google or Stack Overflow or like all these amazing resources that companies like Chainlink or all the uh, crypto and blockchain projects are putting out there because if we don't understand something, we have you guys to explain it to us and get go deeper into the rabbit hole to find out more information, to get more excited about these things and, you know, uh, to keep learning uh, more stuff. And hopefully, you know, at the end of the day, as you said, understand the very fundamentals and see how things really work from a very uh, basic uh, point of view. So yeah, my, per my perspective, because I'm not a technologist, so I'm in marketing, essentially. And marketing right. has a really negative connotation to many people because there are sleazy marketers. But, but from my perspective, marketing's job is, is education and adoption, and you can't get adoption without education. So right. well, you can, but that's where the sleazy part comes in. So we, <laughs> yeah. we don't want to do that. We want to have really good developer documentation. We want to be on, have an answer on Stack Overflow that's correct so that when you Google it, it pops up so that you get the right answer, so that you know, like, oh, that's how to get this Oracle integrated into my... That, that helps a lot. Um, yeah. Talking as a as a software developer, as a software engineer, and I'm sure that our community uh, agrees with this stuff. When you're starting on a new project, on a new technology, it's hard enough to make the decision and to actually start developing on that. But if you get that extra motivation or that extra help from the documentation or from maybe a good community that is really involved and has good answers, uh, provides good help, that makes a difference like a massive difference because it's kind of like a tipping point either you keep moving forward with that or you just give up on it and you move to something else because you're like man uh, it was too hard i uh... yeah. and also like it makes the company look much more honest about their product because from a consumer standpoint too like if a company sells you something in any way but they explain to you what are the the good things and the bad things about it with documentation and stuff like it helps a lot with public image, in my opinion. So it's a really good thing to do. Like sleazy True. marketers are yeah. the bane of earth probably. So yeah. True. So yeah, um, if every product's got limitations. Gotta know yeah, what those are. Exactly. Gotta understand those are and address them. Right. Um, just uh, moving to something a little bit more general in the blockchain industry. Where do you see it going or like, where do you see Chainlink in particular at the end of this decade? Do you think this could be something like the early days of the internet? Uh, do you think this could be uh, kind of like an internet boom or what we had in 2017 and now is the consolidation? Where do you see us or this whole community, this whole industry going? Yeah, um, well, I've got my biases, obviously. <laughs> so, so. That's what, that what we brought you in. We want to know what you think. Um, you, you know, so I'm going to put on my media professor hat first. What, what yeah. we used to talk about a lot is if you look at the history of technology, people made great predictions. Not everybody made great predictions, but some people made great predictions, but then they came out in a way that you can't predict uh, in, in an unpredictable way. So, mm. um, you, you know, the, they hypothesized that there would be um, a telegram service that would be, uh, you know, a, an intercontinental telegram service that would shoot letters 
through tubes over the Atlantic Ocean <laughs> at you know crazy speeds because of vacuum technology, like you know tubes inside a factory. Yeah, you know, yeah vacuum technology to really accelerate so that we would have practically instantaneous communication. Amazing. And their idea was right, right? Like, yeah, we have instantaneous communication. But but no the execution like was a bit, you know, hit and miss, maybe, but <laughs> it's a fun idea, right? Really fun um, idea. And they were mocked. They were routinely mocked, right? Any new technologist is routinely mocked. Um, you know, similarly, you, you hear about asteroid mining. There's going to be asteroid mining. How? Nobody knows. <laughs> is there going to be like, well, there's a really good economic incentive to do so. Um, and the technology is getting in place. So do we know what that's going to look like? No, no, no clue. <laughs> like how that's actually going to get executed. We might find out in the future, of course, but... Yeah, it's all yeah, those. Might. It's like when the New York Times said that there wouldn't be like flying machines uh, within 10,000 years from now in 1901. And then like next year or something, the Wright brothers made the first flying plane. So, yeah, that's basically yeah. the same thing. <laughs> I saw um, a flying car, uh, a video of a flying car the other day uh, out of <laughs> Dubai or somewhere. And it's like uses drone uh, oh, yeah. uh, propellers. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. But when I've ever imagined a flying car, it's been with like rocket boosters and stuff. Like that's that's just how I grew up thinking about it. But but the actual implementation of that might not be that. It might be something else. So mm -hmm. so so that's the context. Now, uh, as for blockchains, I think that there's it, it is completely inevitable that a, a trustless layer of agreement. Um, it, it doesn't matter who you are. You can join a network and ver validate yes, this is true, or no, that is not true. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that is inevitable. Yeah. Um, the, the block, the Bitcoin blockchain has really proved out, and Ethereum, honestly, they're both you know so large now um, that you can have people joining from all over the place in the network, and you don't have to trust any one individual. You can trust the network to act in a, an incentivized manner for consensus. Um, so, does that look like the Bitcoin blockchain forever? I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist. I think Bitcoin has incredible value and the value is the network, but I don't think it can do everything. So yeah. right. um, may, maybe every trust layer has its own wrinkles. Um, mm -hmm. but, but I think in general, that is completely inevitable, global or um, eventually once we get off this planet, um, uh, a global network of consensus. So yeah, I, I do think that is the future. And if that is the future, then we've got to figure out a way to get the things that are not on that network onto that network. Yeah. Chainlink, that's what Chainlink does. And so <laughs> to me, like, as it's not the first solution to do this, but it's the first really good solution to implement good decentralized security, strong reliability, good incentive mechanism, the, the whole thing, uh, and, and really prove it out as not just something that works, but something that's really valuable to people really value. It. Um, uh, because it's secure, like you know your funds are okay if it's uh, you, or it's not going to get price attacked, uh, right? Or, or whatever happens. Yeah, because so. there's like no way. Decentralization is yeah. the big thing of all, like this chaining yeah. stuff and like blockchain in general. So that's what's moving a lot of people and like the game stonks and stuff uh, to actually you know decentralize finance and all that because people basically don't trust other people right now. So. Which is sad, well, right? but well, there's there's value in blockchains and smart contracts, and so s people have incentive to 
steal it to exploit it. absolutely and and i hope you don't and i don't but people do and and some people steal it to prove they did it and they give it back or they give half of it back right uh, little gray hat hacking there or whatever you call it uh, but but that right it's a reality of, of the human situation so we need to have that sort of security so yeah. so all of that right this idea of technology evolves and chainlink is a good solution now um the chainlink protocol has changed over time like we recently, a couple of weeks ago, put out an update um, off-chain reporting. And it's like our biggest update since mainnet launch. And it changes the way that nodes come to uh, uh, you know, submit data on-chain. And it does it in a really energy-efficient way um, and a gas-efficient way faster. It does a whole bunch of things. Mm -hmm. um, so, so the initial Chainlink protocol, there's actually two before the way that um, they submitted data on-chain. Those are still there and those are still important backups. You guys can go look. If you look up OCR, off-chain reporting, Chainlink, there's great documentation about this. Um, but there's improvements. So there's always improvements. That means we don't know exactly what form that's going to take um, in, in the future, but it's clear that there's a need for getting off-chain data on-chain and it's clear that there's val incredible value in security and these um, you know, distributed consensus mechanisms. I mean, um, I, I'm happy to hear all this stuff because I agree with probably like 99% of the things that you just said about blockchain, uh, you know, uh, being a futuristic technology that right now is just being really at the early phase, more things need to be added to it, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to work in the future. We're just like figuring out how to get there. The same thing as with the asteroids, as you mentioned. So, um, I think this is a this is incredible in, in the sense that if you're early at this stuff, if you're able to learn the necessary things to build a path towards, you know, either building on it or being able to understand the fundamentals of Bitcoin early enough before, you know, uh, the the massive boom of really mass adoption as we are seeing this year with uh, companies and all this stuff. I, I think that's uh, a priceless lesson that you can you know, like sort of teach yourself as you ride this, uh, you know, this, uh, this train, but, um, okay. So <laughs> that was great to hear. And now a few suggestions that, uh, you know, you may have for blockchain developers or enthusiasts, enthusiasts in our community that are sort of starting, or maybe they've already started, but they would like to have some, some guidance. Like, do you have any, uh, suggestions in, in this industry? Here is a, this is not a secret in the industry, but everybody is hiring. Absolutely everybody is hiring right now. And um, it, it's a good time to get a job if you want a job. Technology, uh, technologists or not, everybody I know is hiring writers. Everybody I know is hiring developers. People I know are hiring front end who can just, you know, do not even just, but, you know, do proper UI and, and UX. Yeah, right. Uh, Everybody's hiring for everything, and, and part, that's partially because there's a lot of money in the space right now, so people have the budget. Um, but it's also because there's demand, and, and there's just not enough people who care about it, yeah. uh, who know about it, and who are confident enough about it. And so if you're a person who knows a little about it, but you're like, oh, I can't get a job yet, you know, Chainlink Labs is has pretty high standards for people who kind of know what they're doing and coming in. Um, but apply because there are entry level positions, and if you can, if you know your way around a code base and you can solve problems and you mm -hmm. kind of know the basics, there might be a shot for you. And if not, then somebody else does. Everybody's hiring, so so right now is a really good time to get your foot in the door. 
um, on uh, uh, any blockchain-based um, problem or, or smart contract app. Now, if, if you're completely not ready for that to apply for jobs, um, what's cool about uh, crypto and smart contracts is everybody's on Discord and has a community where they're desperate for help. Yeah. So, yes. you know, you can go in and you make memes. And they need, people need that. They need memes. <laughs> the and, memer. Like, no, but seriously, because what happens in a lot of these communities is they get a little bit of hype. They get um, people who come and, and um, you know, get excited at first for a token launch or whatever it is. And then 90% of the community disappears and 10% yeah. of the community stays and like keeps pushing. And that includes marketing, that includes hiring, that includes like operations stuff and like project managers, like managing the board. What, you know, what's your roadmap? All sorts of stuff that are not exclusively coding. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's coding stuff, right? Everybody needs bug bounties. And that's a great way to get started doing bug bounties uh, for mm -hmm. projects. So, yeah. so like there's a lot of really low-hanging fruit that is not full-time employment. Um, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit that's not like you don't have to launch your own app and start your own company. You can. You can try that if you want. Um, but but there's every range in between. So one thing uh, you mentioned, Alandro, is um, it's a great time to get in before everything blows up. Yeah, it is. I think. I think we're headed on a pretty mm -hmm. uh, good trajectory right now. But it's also okay to wait too. Like, there's going to be jobs in the future. This is an industry, yes. and so if you want to learn, if you're like freshman in school, you want to finish out. You don't want to make make your parents mad that you bailed uh, on your education. You got into you know a great school. Then that's okay. Like you you can do stuff on the side and get your feet wet and and go through your coursework. And there's plenty of upside, even if it's not like directly into your wallet right now. There's still mm -hmm. plenty of upside in, in that education. So, uh, tons of opportunities. Um, the the last thing I'm going to bring up, especially for developers, is the hackathon. We've got our Chainlink virtual hackathon right now. Um, mm -hmm. There's hackathons. There's three in the industry at any given moment. They're constant. Um, they range in technical requirements as well. I know of another one that's not yet announced, but it's coming up where it, it's not doesn't have a technical component. It's just like they're building DeFi strategies and figuring out like how, how are things going to work. Mm -hmm. um, so you can always look at hackathons and uh, to get a lot of inspiration and get your feet wet on a lot of projects. Cool. I mean. Um... I think this serves as motivation for lots of our students that, you know, may want to find a job in something uh, super innovative. Blockchain definitely is something like that. Uh, and, and we are in an industry software in general uh, that moves super fast. So um, we are exposed to learning even after we graduate. So just because you don't know, and I, I, I use this as an example because I'm, I'm an electronics engineer. That's my background. That's my bachelor's, right? But I found about um, software, and ever since I was sort of like in love with it. So I haven't stopped just because I didn't know the next thing. Now I know that next thing. But what's the next thing? So in terms of that, um, you know, um, that thing that you said about blockchain companies hiring and stuff, that's really exciting because who knows uh, where you end up uh, if you dig deep enough and you are really interested and committed to it enough. So for sure, there are enough resources out there. We'll keep pushing. Um, and uh, in terms of, of Chainlink, uh, anything that we can do in terms of sharing information and that kind of stuff with our community, we'll do because we believe that, I mean, there's a reason behind why we brought Chainlink. We, I'm personally interested in it. We believe that our community would be interested in it. So just hearing these words from you, uh, Andy, uh, this is super, super exciting for us. Um, 
So okay, I, I mean, we could keep going for for hours here, but I promise you, it'd be like about half an hour. So just the last one. This is a question that a question that we ask every single one of our guests, just to uh, you know, kind of like a tradition at this point. So do you have any recommendations for a book, a movie, uh, a show, a podcast like this one, or something video similar game. that you would like video game, uh, our students to take a look at? And again, oh, I didn't think about a video game. Uh, oh, a video game. game. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. Maybe you can give two recommendations. I'll give, I'll give a couple. So um, the, the first one is a book that if you're really trying to see the future and like, what's the point of smart contracts and like, why does this tie together? There's a great sci-fi fiction book called Stealing Worlds by Carl Stealing Schroeder. And uh, Carl Schroeder, he's a futurist and a sci-fi author. He, he's written a ton of great stuff. But Stealing Worlds, it's like a cypherpunk cypher cypher adventure, but it's like he knows Ethereum. He like understands blockchain. He understands like NFTs and private keys and, and cryptography. Uh, and there's a ton of augmented reality. So like if you're into augmented reality and gaming, this book is so sweet. So it's fun. Like it's a, it's a great adventure. But then also it starts to show you like here's what contracts are if they're trustless. Like here's what uh, permissionless or censorship resistant money and contracts might look like. So that that's a really good one. Um, uh, if you want a nonfiction book. Oh, you have it right there. The Infinite Machine, it's like a history of Ethereum. It's by Cami Russo, um, and she runs the Defiant newsletter and podcast. She is a fantastic journalist and author. Um, she does not pay me to do it, <laughs> recommend this, uh, but it, it's just like, it's a really great book. There, there's a fair amount of great books about the history of, of Bitcoin and crypto, um, but this is Ethereum, which kind of gets into smart contracts and some of that ethos right. about Hashtag uh, not an ad, by the way. Hashtag not an ad, not sponsored. Not, not an ad. That's a legit, just and, good. And by the way, none of this stuff is uh, financial advice or anything like that. Oh, I know right, that right. Because, yeah. But, uh, you know, we want to wash our hands here just in case, <laughs> but, you know. Uh, this is this career is a, advice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what we're here for, about, like, trendy t technologies, uh, Google-related software and blockchain now, but yeah, we, anything that we can do to help our students learn more stuff about technologies, that's great. Uh, thank you for those recommendations. I actually wrote them down. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of time these days to uh, get into uh -huh. long readings, but the moment I the, the moment I do, I'll probably uh, you know give them a look. So um, I think this is it from us. I don't think we have any questions right now. Uh, it may be a busy weekend. We know that most of our students and most of our listeners uh, will, you know, like check this out on our actual podcast. So uh, maybe I maybe I might have like a small question, like just okay. you know, because I'm the type that is insecure about what he's doing. Like I really wanted to get into this stuff, but I have I'm like so scared I mess things up and like won't ever return back to it that uh, I usually don't even get into it. So like, I know that there's people like me, I'm pretty sure I, I think at least. So what's the best advice to, uh, you know, uh, fight this, you know, fear of messing up basically. Not, not the fear of missing out, but the fear of, of messing, messing up. up. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, join communities. So what you guys are building right here is one of those things. Like you have communities of people who are brave enough to say what you just said. 
because okay. there's thousands, millions of people just like you. It's like, oh, I don't want to mess it up. Mm -hmm. um, so, so start a community and lead that community. That's, that's incredible uh, for you. But now there's thousands more communities across crypto. So, so read about it. Follow some projects on Twitter. And one is going to grab your attention and just suck you in. And you're going to be like, Ether cards is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> don't just think about it. Go to the community and talk about it. Okay. Because there are people there who, who that's what they want to do. They want to talk about it, and there are people there who are afraid to submit their first contract, and that's fine. You know, you guys, you you work on it, and then you see, okay, EtherCards is a sponsor at some hackathon somewhere. Okay, you go to that hackathon. It's free to register. You dig into the code base. You submit a project, and it's garbage, but it didn't matter because it's a hackathon. All of a sudden, you're on your road, and you're building your on the road, and you're building your confidence, and it's because you joined community. That's the secret to, to all of this is community. Chainlink as a protocol succeeds because it has an incredible community. It's not just Chainlink Labs, who I work for. There's Linkpool, there's Fuse, there's uh, a, a tons of node operators, there's Synthetics and Aave and uh, yeah. projects across Binance Smart Chain and Ethereum and, and everywhere. They all contribute and make this a community. That's how projects succeed and that's how individuals succeed. We're not lone wolves. We're yeah. social beings. We're social creatures. So join a community, support a community. That's how to get over that. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, going back to what Thank Mario just said, uh, <laughs> rather than fear of messing up, sometimes it just feels like a little bit overwhelming to jump in because, as you said, there are so many projects, so many great yeah. things out there that sometimes is, wow, where do I even get started with? Uh, but. I guess it's part of the journey. Uh, we're all here to just uh, make our decisions and our picks and whatever really catches our eye. Uh, okay, in my case, let me, yes. Let me do one quick then. Okay, so if there's so much to choose from, just go to the Chainlink community. <laughs> go to Chainlink, this is an ad. This is a there. definite Chainlink. ad. Right now, for sure, Chainlink, uh, not only for all the help that you uh, and Patrick and the entire Chainlink team has provided us with, but Honestly, uh, you guys have been doing a great job. It's great to look back at 2017, where Chainlink was and where you guys are. If that, that speaks volumes of uh, the work that, that you guys have been doing. So if that serves as a reference, if anybody is looking for a new project or something you know, to get uh, into, Chainlink could be a great option for sure. So we totally uh, recommend it from here. So. I guess this would be it. Thank you so much, Andy, for uh, for joining, for uh, giving us some of your time. This was an, an amazing interview, and uh, we'll be posting this podcast uh, pretty soon. So thank you once again. Thank Great. you. Thanks for having me. You guys can post questions to me on Twitter and stuff like that. I'm, I'm all over the internet. <laughs> we'll Very do. Well. All right. Good. Thank you. Bye, Thanks. everyone. Thanks.